So for those of you who have been here for the last couple of months, you will know that we've been doing a series on the church. And um, back in April, Johnny did a talk about the universal church. Um, and he was pull, pulled out three key points of being um, inclusive, being united, and being distinguished. And then last month, I believe, Tim gave a talk on the local church here at St. Dionys and um, was talking about how the church is the expression of God's kingdom here on earth and how the church is one body made up of many parts. Tonight, we're going to be looking at this passage from Acts, verses 42 to 47, and looking at the fellowship of the believers through the Holy Spirit and how we, as a church, try to live this out in our lives, um, especially through the use of house groups, meeting together in small groups of about 10 people at people's houses. And why exactly we do this? What's the purpose for it? Is it just another evening we give up of our time? Or is it actually a genuine, real purpose that we're called to do this? So do keep the Bibles open because we're going to be looking at this more closely. Okay, so before we start, I'd like to put the piece of scripture into context. It's always important. Um, Previously in Acts, Uh, Luke describes how the apostles were called to Jerusalem as Jesus had instructed them. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended on them. A large crowd gathered, and they were people from all over the place, lots of different languages, but everyone was able to understand each other. And then Peter preaches and addresses this crowd, and about 3,000, we're told in verse 41, about 3,000 on that day were added to that number. They became followers of Christ. And here we then see this passage of the believers and what they did as a spirit-filled community and the effect the Holy Spirit had on them. Okay, and the nice thing about this, it kind of counteracts the curse from Genesis 11 with the Tower of Babel. You remember, people built um, a large tower reaching up to heaven in an attempt to be like God. Um, But here you see the power of the Holy Spirit counteracting that. The people... When God described the, um, when God destroyed the Tower of Babel, he mixed up the languages and scattered the people. And here, by the power of the Holy Spirit, people are able to understand many languages. And in this passage, we see the community, people united back together through the power of what Jesus had done and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's look at this passage then. I want to draw out four key points of this united community. And we can see the first three in verse 42. Firstly, the fact that they were a learning community. So you can see they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So they knew the apostles had been given the authority by Jesus to continue his ministry. And um, as a matter of that, they um, submitted themselves to this authority. They listened to the teaching of the apostles and learned from them. And for us today, we have the benefits of the Apostles' teaching being written down in the New Testament for us. So from this, we are able to submit ourselves to the authority of this scripture and to be able to devote ourselves to this teaching as well. And moreover, in verse 43, we can see that the uh, the authority of the Apostles' teaching was verified by the miracles and signs that they did. So we can see in verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the Apostles. 
This is reminiscent of the Gospel of John, where John describes the miracles and signs that Jesus does in order to authenticate what he was claiming and that he was indeed the Messiah. Um, He wrote down, he says um, that he wrote them so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. And here we see the authority of the apostles then being able to do this teaching because um, it's verified by the fact that they can perform these um, miracles. Okay, so we can see that one characteristic of this spirit-filled community is that they are a learning community. And for us, we should be a learning community too in our individual lives and together um, to be able to submit ourselves to the scripture, to be able to study it, learn it and live by it. And I have to admit, um, for me, uh, I was brought up as a Christian, um, but, and when I was 11 years old, I decided to become baptised and confirm my faith at church. But I have to admit that it wasn't until I came to university, joined the Christian Union, and became a member of one of the cell groups there, like the house groups we have here, that it wasn't until then that I really studied uh, scripture in some detail, was given the sort of ability to discuss it with people who were interested in it, knew more about it than me, and I was able to do some real learning and really sort of developing my faith, and my faith grew because of that. Um, And I think that's the important thing in terms of being able to do that and discuss and learn together and share in this teaching that God has given us. So firstly, they were a learning community, but secondly, they were a loving community can see again in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the fellowship. So I don't know, if I asked you what the word fellowship meant to you, what would you describe as fellowship? Some of you might think that it was church on a Sunday morning, maybe that's fellowship. We come together and meet together. Maybe it's that time at the back of church when we share in tea and coffee together and have a bit of a chat and see how our week has been. Fellowship is so much more than that. And I think the closest we come to really um, sharing in that is through our house groups and that community together where we actually can spend time getting to know one another properly. The Greek word that the word uh, fellowship is derived from, um, koinas, it means common, sharing all things in common, sharing life together and also sharing in the one thing that binds us together and that is God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And as we can see, if you look in verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who had need. So sharing their lives together, sharing in the grace of God together, but also sharing out of what they had. Um, And it's misleading. This version is actually better than some in terms of some people misinterpret these verses that These people sold everything they had and came together in order to join this community. Uh, I think some people may well have done that, given up everything that they had. But I think what it was, it really came out of seeing need in their brothers and sisters and then just supplying that need. If you had something that somebody needed and you were able to give it, then they gave it. And I think that's a really important thing for us to live out as well and one thing that Ed was talking about with the random acts of grace is one way in which this church is trying to address that kind of thing. So as well as being a learning community, they were a loving community. And we see that. Um, 
yeah, when they saw the need, they gave of their own out of this generous spirit. So the third thing, third characteristic of this community of believers was that they were a worshipping community. We see again in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Um, And the breaking of bread, not just talking about sharing meals together, um, although for the Jewish, it was a Jewish custom, uh, sharing meals was quite a big thing, a way of remembering God. But it was so much more than that. Breaking of bread would have been significant um, in terms of the Lord's Supper and remembering and reminding them exactly what bound them together and what had brought them together as a community. So uh, it was a way of remembering God and then the prayer of being depending on God. Um, once again, keeping God central to everything that they did. This importance of coming together, praying together for uh, what we need, but also to give thanks to God. And the half night of prayer that we're having on Friday is just one way in which we're trying to do this as a community at St. Deeds. And if you look um, at verse 46, every day they continue to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. So we see that they had glad and sincere hearts. This Holy Spirit-filled community was genuine. Um, Their worship was genuine and sincere and heartfelt. It wasn't mechanical or manufactured. And also we see the worship. They met in the temple courts. They continued to meet there. But also they met in people's homes, in more informal settings. And on the weekend away that we had at St. Dee's a couple of weeks ago, Nick Cuthbert was talking about the need for the formal and informal, respect for the new, respect for the old. Um, Some people prefer certain forms of worship, and it's important as a church that we actually provide these different types of um, ways for people to worship God. And you can see here that both go together. So here at St. Dee's we have an 8am service, which is a formal communion service. 10.30 in the morning is one that's more sort of um, accessible for families, particularly young families. The 6 o'clock service here, we're trying to do something in a more informal setting, um, a setting that maybe you can bring non-Christian friends to, um, that's sort of less possibly intimidating, and by meeting in the mission hall rather than the church. We're all one family, and we should be all inclusive, so that we can praise uh, God together with glad and sincere hearts. So as well as being a learning community, a loving community, and a worshipping community, there's also one last thing I'd like to point out. I think also they were an evangelising community. In verse 47, we see that they, um, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And I think this shows that they weren't, um, although they were a distinct community because of what they were united under and that they met together and they lived their life this way, they weren't cut off and isolated from the outside world. I think we can be confident that they were an outward-looking community and that is why they grew in number. But also, God being central to all these aspects, we can see that it was the Lord who added to their number. And it's a key thing to remember when we're doing our mission work, evangelism, that it is not us by our own efforts that bring people to Christ, but God uses us as his instruments to do that. And it's the, by being willing to actually do this, create opportunities to speak to people, to go out into the community, and not to cut ourselves off from the community, that these things can happen. And we can see that the Lord saved them and added them to their number. So not only did he save these people, he added them into this community. Therefore, sort of, 
reiterating the fact that this community was so important, so important to building up in faith that we come together and actually support one another. The importance also that evangelism isn't just a a one-off thing that we do possibly um, every so often or for a week in a year, but evangelism is a daily thing. The Lord added to their number daily, and that this should be just not a special thing that we do, but an actual daily way of life for us. Okay, so we can see that God is central throughout these four key points. The spiritual community was a learning community, a loving community, a worshipping community, and an evangelising community. God's central in the teaching of the apostles. God was central in the love that they showed one another. And the God being central to their worship, then remembering him through the breaking of bread and through prayer, they were depending on him. And God being central in their evangelism. So I wonder if this is the sort of community um, experience that you have in your life. Um, It's quite easy to look at this passage and see how perfect the early church was and think it's a bit of a shame it's not like that now. I think it's important to remember that quite soon after we see um, the apostles were persecuted, believers were persecuted, um, and that later on the rest of the New Testament discusses the problems that the church has of trying to live in this world. So it's sort of, don't you know, get too disheartened that we're not living up to this perfect um, picture that we've got here. But we have it as an example of what this real sort of Holy Spirit, God-focused community looked like. So what are we doing here at St. Dee's in order to try and create this as a reality? I think one of the main ways we're trying to address this is encouraging people to get into house groups and why we actually have house groups. I think it's so important that um, people are given the opportunity to meet together, to get to know one another, and to really be able to share God's word and discuss God's word, um, and be able to apply it to one another's lives, and to be able to be uh, kept accountable um, by that in our lives. And I remember when I came to St. Dee's, uh, as I said earlier, I sort of sat in the back of church and uh, Alan Bannister found me. And um, he actually introduced me to a couple of people, and they invited me to their house group. And I, I'm not the kind of person who's willing to just go along to anything on my own, but they gave me this address. They told me that I should turn up two days later, and um, that I should come along to this house group. Very unlike me, but I did. Two days later, I rocked up at um, someone's doorstep, and I rang their doorbell. And I've not stopped being in a house group since. The community, the welcoming community that I found, um, the teaching that I was given, um, the time for worship, the time for prayer together, the real genuine community, people working together, is just the most encouraging thing that I've ever met in my life. And I would really encourage everyone to seek this. We've seen here the importance um, of this kind of community, and I think it's important that we all try and have this in our lives. And if any of us are part of a house group, that we seek to try and make our house groups like this, modelling them on this scripture in terms of being a learning community, a loving community, a worshipping community and an evangelising community. 
And if any people aren't in house groups or aren't terribly involved in them, I would really urge that they get involved because this is such a key part of growing in our faith in God and getting to know one another and being able to support one another as a genuine church. So why did Luke write this here? Why did he record this? I think the main reason was to show us what happens when we allow God to live among us as a people, when we allow God to really permeate every aspect of our lives. He creates this kind of community where they learn about him and grow in, him, uh, grow in faith for him more and more each day, where they love one another and genuinely express that by being able to give and support one another in any way that is needed and when they see need. And they worship God out of reverence and with a joyful heart. And through that, God uses them to be able to display his presence in the world. He is able to use us as light. So he creates this amazing community. And the question is, is that what we want to see in our lives? So let me pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this passage in Scripture. The community that was first created when your Holy Spirit came down. How focused they were, how loving they were, Lord, and how they devoted themselves to learning about you. And Lord, we just yearn for that day with sincere, glad hearts when you come again. And Lord, we just pray that we keep that as our priority. That we can focus on you whilst living in this world. But we know that in the meantime, we are called to make disciples of people. So Lord, I pray that you will help us to do that. Lord, we long to see you. So Lord, we just pray that you will help us to be part of this community, here in Parsons Green and in this church, helping to support one another. So we pray for your boldness and your strength and your peace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Bringing God into the centre of everything that we do. So, should we stand and 